Good morning everyone. It's such a privilege to share with you today from my home to yours in these weird and trying times. I hope you're all well and surviving what we affectionately refer to in our home as crazy Covid. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Georgia. I live here in Wing with my husband Rob and our three boys and we've been part of the Ellsbury Vineyard Church for just coming up to nine years. I wanted to talk to you this morning about something that's been kind of swirling around in my mind since the beginning of the year. And actually, if I'm honest, since the moment I became a Christian 20 years ago, I've always been really eager to know, to find out, to explore what God's purpose for my life is. You know, what is the reason for me being here at such a time as this? And what is his plan for my life? And am I living it? What is my calling? In January, I was at the National, the Vineyard National Leaders Conference. And on my last day there, they played a videoed interview with Carol Wimber. For those of you who don't know, Carol and her husband, John Wimber, um, founded the Vineyard Church in the 70s. And the purpose of this interview that they filmed was for us to have like an account of our heritage as a church, you know, like a legacy story um, to share with all the Vineyard Churches across the world, like a grassroots tale, as it were. But at the end of this interview, Carol shared a prophetic word that she had from God for us all, um, which really stood out for me. She said, God needs us in our place for what's coming. I'm not exactly sure what's coming, but I know it's coming. I know it's soon and I know it's huge. It's going to be the whole thing like nothing we've seen before. It's kind of scary and wonderful to think about. You need to get into your place for what God's called you to do and do it with all your heart because it's so very, very important because no one else has been designed to do it like you will do it and you're the one that's called. No one else will ever be able to do what you're called to do because we really are unique, each one of us unique, designed for our place. It's coming and it's going to be so big and so huge and wonderful but terrible too. We need to be in our place so we can handle the influx because masses of people are going to be brought in. And then, of course, literally two months later, we find ourselves in the middle of crazy COVID, which is huge and unlike anything we've ever seen before. And then just as we're adjusting to our new normal, the world is rocked again by the death of George Floyd in America and the subsequent protests and riots and calls for justice And people and institutions, especially privileged white people like me, begin to try to unpick generations of patterns of racist attitudes and conscious and unconscious racist bias. We are indeed living in turbulent times and it is both wonderful and terrible. It is scary and I've just been revisiting those words she spoke time and time again and asking myself, what is my place? And how do I get there? So determining God's will for our lives can seem like this huge and daunting, difficult thing to do. So I've always made sense of it this way. There are some things that are like the overarching objectives of our lives when we become followers of Jesus. And these things are true and relevant whatever the season we find ourselves in. As Steve said in his talk last week, you know, we're all called to be image bearers of God, for example, you know, to display his goodness and his kindness, to love and serve the world around us. This is one of those overarching objectives for our lives, something that we can all reliably say is God's will for us. 
Jesus said in Matthew 22, the most important commandment to follow was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and to love your neighbour as yourself. So I assume in every moment of my life that I find myself in that this is a job that God has given me to do. You know, I make time for God. I try to love him with all my heart, my mind and soul. I look around to the the people he's put in our lives and I try to love and serve them as I would myself. At the beginning of lockdown, Rob, my husband, became really sick with COVID-19 and we became the recipients of people doing exactly this, loving us as if we were their own dear loved ones. Good friends and remarkably church family that we hardly know at all buoyed us up with prayers, you know, with messages, food, treats. You know, I had no chocolate eggs for my children on Easter Day, which is just like a big no-no, and someone arrives at the door with chocolate eggs aplenty. It was so humbling and so wonderful to be on the receiving end of God's people doing exactly this thing, doing the will of God, loving and serving us as if we were in their own families. And actually, members of my extended family who aren't Christians were just amazed at the concept, you know, who are these people? (laughs) They said in shock, you're so looked after. And what was so comforting and necessary for our survival at the time became a testimony to those around us who don't yet know Jesus. You know, this is something, as people who have given their lives to Jesus, we can all interpret as part of taking our place, especially in these difficult times. However, alongside those kind of overarching objectives that we can all assume as God's will for our lives as followers of Jesus and what I like to think of as the seasonal objectives. So the seasons in our lives change constantly don't they you know we start jobs, we retire, we leave school, we have our first day, we have babies, people die, we move homes, churches, countries you know our lives are in this constant state of flux and change and I believe in every season we encounter God has a place for us to take, a role for us to play there. One of the most important factors in taking our place is being aware of the season that we find ourselves in. It says in Ecclesiastes 3, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And it is vital that we understand and acknowledge the season that we are in. You know, the time for this activity, but also a time for when it ends. I have countless times become burnt out you know just overloaded and unhappy just because I haven't read the season right and I've just thrown myself into another flurry of activities you know which may have been good and right for the season before but but don't fit now because actually what God is calling me to is a season of rest you know just like how farmers to get the best out of their fields put them on like a rotation you know a time of sowing and reaping and then a a rest period where they leave the fields to lie fallow so that the the soil can regain all the nutrients that are sucked up by the overplanting so we too need sometimes those seasons of just like lying low regrouping you know just taking stock and listening to God for what's next when God is calling us to one of these seasons of rest, our overarching objectives as Christians, that calling that he's given us all, that doesn't change. We're still commissioned during these periods of rest to love and serve our communities. You know, we're still called to fight for justice, to be hope and light for those around us, to give generously with our time and resources. Those things never change. 
just as I, as a mum of three boys, you know, I can have a changing work schedule. I can go on holiday and completely stop working for that time, but I don't announce to them that I'm off duty as a mum as well. <laughs> you know, make your own lunches and dinner and good luck with bedtime. No, you know, those duties are just like a given in my life and I always do them regardless of the season whether it's crazy busy with work or whether we're on holiday it's just that sometimes God calls us to listen more rather than speak you know to step back and support instead of stand on the platform to to end something rather than to just start another thing but God knows And he has a plan for every season of our life. And we can ask him for wisdom to recognise the season that we're in and take our place accordingly. We're all completely unique. God has designed us in such a way that no two of us are the same, are we? You know, we can find people with similarities and commonalities, but ultimately we're all different. No one else has exactly the same skill set as you, for example. You know, no one else has the same experiences as you. No one else has the same history or feelings or desires or thoughts. You know, God has made us completely distinctive from one another. So it stands to reason that the God who made you and I also has a place for us to take in every season of our lives, a a U-shaped hole, you know, a piece of the puzzle that only you will fit into for every situation that you find yourself in. We also have to remember that he knows us completely, you know, even more than we know ourselves. Jesus said in Luke 12 that indeed the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I certainly don't know how many hairs are on my head, (laughs) but God does. He sees all we are, have been, are capable of. You know, he sees us at the finish line, so he knows what we can and can't do. He knows what our strengths and weaknesses are. Even the things that, that we think are just completely pointless and arbitrary, he knows about and he can use. I'm an actor and since I can remember I've been able to do this really weird small boy's voice. I'm not going to do it now because that would just be really strange (laughs) but it's been like this little thing that I can do like a party trick that only a few people have known about in my life but God knows. About two years ago my agent sends me an email asking whether I'd be up for having a go at recording a voiceover for a character in a new cartoon, a small boy. Now there is no reason why my agent would assume that a 40-year-old woman who has never done a voiceover before in her life would even be able to do the voice of a small boy, but of course I can. And God knew, so I did, and the job became mine. And that cartoon was recorded and has just been sold to Amazon. Hooray! So God knows, you know, he knows every single thing about us, all our skills, our experiences, and he is like this master at orchestrating opportunities and moments in our lives where suddenly our random skills and, you know, sometimes even our painful experiences become the very things that give us access to jobs or access to communities or people, access to situations where someone else's skills and experience just don't fit, just don't cut it. You know, God knows and he always has a place for us. So how can we take our place? How can we know what it is that God has in mind for us right now, today, and then get on board with it with him? I think one of the most important things we have to be wary of is not disqualifying ourselves. 
so often I have walked away from things, from opportunities, because I've felt unqualified, you know, just not clever enough, not experienced enough, not spiritual enough, just not good enough. Even if even as I prepared for this today, you know, I was daunted by the fact that we have two amazing theologians pastoring our church. You know, what if I get it wrong? I undoubtedly don't know the Bible as in depth as they do. Who am I to step into these big shoes today? And then God reminded me of Gideon. In Judges 6, we read the story of a young Israelite boy called Gideon who lived in a time when God's people were oppressed. So for seven years, they'd been terrorised by the Midianites. Whenever the Israelites, Gideon's people, planted their crops, they would just be invaded, you know, crops ruined, not a living thing spared. The land just ravaged and the Israelites were just desperate. You know, it was hopeless. And after crying out to the Lord, it says God sent an angel to this young boy, Gideon. Now, Gideon is found by the angel basically hiding in a wine press, which is literally just like this big hole in the ground where they crush the grapes for their wine. And he is in this hole, threshing the wheat to protect it from their persecutors, you know, to save this little bit of their harvest hidden from sight before it could be snatched away. And the angel says to Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon, who's like mid-hiding, you know, shamefully trying to salvage the best he can from this terrible situation, you know, not standing in front of his oppressors, demanding to be left alone like an actual warrior, like literally the most unlike a warrior anyone could be. He's like, what? (laughs) He says, pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? The Lord has abandoned us. And the Lord says, go in the strength you have and save Israel am I not sending you? And Gideon still disqualifies himself, you know, even though he is face to face with an angel from the Lord. (laughs) He says, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest and I'm the least in my family. And the angel of the Lord says, I will be with you. Haven't we all at times felt like Gideon? When God is saying, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, we're like, you have so got it wrong. Not me, I can't do it. I'm the weakest. I'm the least. I don't have the skills, the words, the connections. I don't have what it takes. But just like with Gideon, God sees our potential. He sees what we can be when we partner with him. He comes to us when we are hiding, you know, like hoping not to be noticed, not to be called upon to do anything outside our comfort zones. And he calls us out as mighty warriors. And he says to us, am I not sending you? Go in the strength you have. You don't have to be the most qualified, you know, the best, the bravest, have all the answers to take your place in this season. You just have to go with the strength you have and trust that the Lord will be with you. Another important aspect of taking our place in this season is being aware of what our circle of influence is. And then on the flip side to that, what it isn't. So who are the people God is giving us access to right now? Who do we see? Who do we speak to? Who do we have favour with? And some of us would love to have a tete-a-tete with Boris Johnson right now, wouldn't they, and tell him what he is and isn't doing right. I personally would love to tell him that he needs to brush his hair before he goes on TV. I mean, what is that? But unfortunately, he isn't in my direct circle of influence right now. If I tried to get close enough to influence him, I would just be wasting my time and energy and maybe get myself arrested. 
so I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But the people I can influence, on the other hand, are my children, my extended family, my dear friends who don't yet know Jesus. These are the people I have access to. And so taking my place at this time is likely to involve them on some level. Just before Rob became ill with COVID-19, we heard that a young and fit relative of ours with no underlying health conditions had become really ill with this dreadful virus. And feeling kind of really vulnerable and worried about my own family, I prayed and I felt God spoke to me saying that we wouldn't be touched by this virus, that he would keep us safe. Now at the time I hoped that it meant none of us would even get it, but literally a few days later my husband became sick But those words kept me afloat and at peace during what became really difficult weeks ahead. You know, I had an assurance that we would survive this. You know, whatever the outcome, we would get through this with Jesus. It wouldn't be the destruction of my family. And because of this word, when close friends and family who don't know Jesus were scared or worried for Rob or worried for me and the boys, you know, what would we do if the unthinkable happened? I found I was able to tell them with great conviction, it's going to be okay, we are going to be okay, which of course, thankfully, it was in the end. And because these people that are in my circle of influence, because they are people that are in my circle of influence, they didn't think I was this crazy, disillusioned loon, you know, they listened to me. They may not have understood the reason for my faith, but they respected it and acknowledged it, and it created opportunities for me to share Jesus with them because of the relationship I already have with them because they are in my circle of influence. Now I'm not saying that taking your place always involves just your immediate circle of friends and family. Of course not, you know, some people are called by God to influence far and wide, you know, to be those movers and shakers in our generation. But for lots of us, taking our place means just being what Jesus described in Matthew 5, you know, the salt of the earth, the light of the world, for those people he surrounded us with, our circle of influence. Perhaps the most fundamental and vital tool that we have at our disposal when we're trying to figure out what our place is in this season and taking it is prayer. When we worship a God who is alive and who is among us, And he longs to have a relationship with us. He wants to communicate with us. It says in Matthew 7, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So let's ask him, what is my role in this season? How do I take my place? I have never, in the 13 years of being a mum, ignored my children when they've asked to be helpful. You know, when they've actually taken the time, which doesn't happen often, to ask me, you know, mum, what can I do? How can I help? I usually have a string of things that they could be getting on with. So why would our heavenly father not be the same? You know, if he has jobs for us to do and roles for us to step into, why would he not share them with us? So let's give him the time. Let's be intentional and pray brave prayers like, what do you have in mind for me this season? I think he loves to answer those kind of prayers. And we have to remember that he knows us and he is good. You know, he loves us. Taking our place and following our calling for this time is not like, you know, walking on a tightrope, this impossibly difficult thing to do, doomed to failure if we remotely step out of line or get something wrong. His grace is bigger than our mistakes and our stumbles. He's already accounted for our inevitable human errors. And rather than a tightrope, 
his way for us at this time is like a huge multi-lane highway. You know, there is space for us to try things. There's space for us to get it wrong and come back to the drawing board. Just after I had my first son, Joshua, I felt that God had spoken to me about doing something in the dance world. Now, at the time, I hadn't danced for years and I just had a baby, so it really wasn't ideal. (laughs) But I was like, okay, if this is me taking my place in this season, then so be it. So I kind of threw myself into it, you know, with no other direction from God. I just went running headlong into it. I booked a hall, made up some choreography, I leafleted the area, and then followed like 10 painful weeks of like two or three people come into my class, sometimes one, sometimes none. (laughs) And I was so dejected. Oh my gosh, I had failed and it felt so rubbish. I had run ahead with only like a whisper from God and no real wisdom or planning on my part and just slammed like face first into failure. (laughs) So I just kind of jacked the whole thing in. Clearly I've got it wrong. I've heard the wrong thing. I'm not going to do that. Then nearly two years later, I was asked just randomly to teach some dance classes in the local drama school by a friend of mine. Um, And then through this contact, managed to land a job choreographing a musical theatre show in the West End. I mean, I know, right? And I think on my first day travelling to rehearsals for this show, to this incredibly well-paid, high-profile job that I had neither the qualifications or the experience for, I remembered that word that he'd whispered to me all those years ago. I felt like he was smiling at me, and I could hear him saying, we got there in the end. It was a real eye-opener for me. You know, I could mess up. I could spectacularly fail in an area. You know, I could run ahead without God at my side and just make myself the most undesirable choreographer in London with only two regulars coming to her class. But with God, I can get there in the end. So to take our place at this crucial time, you know, the unique place that God has prepared for us in this season, we need to pray We need to know who our circle of influence is. We need to not disqualify ourselves and we need to do it with all our might. It says in Colossians 3, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not human masters. So if taking your place right now looks like homeschooling your kids, if it's working as a key worker in the front line during this time of fear and unrest, you know, if it's delivering food parcels and medicines to your neighbours who are shielding, if it's running a connect group, if it's just praying for the broken world, whatever it is, do it as if you are doing it for the Lord. You know, when we work at things for human recognition only, you know, for acceptance, to feel needed and loved, we inevitably become disappointed. You know, being affirmed by our loved ones and colleagues is great and there's a place for that in our lives. But eventually you come across someone who lets you down or doesn't rate what you're doing or have done. Or you come against rejection and failure and setbacks. And if that's the sole reason you're working at something for the affirmation of other human beings, it just all comes crashing down around us. But if what we're doing, if the place we are taking at this time is founded on God's direction for us, you know, if we're working at it with all our might as if we were working for him and not human masters, our foundations are firm. You know, trouble can come and delays can hinder our progress. We can be 
inundated with a multitude of tasks that need to be completed or left waiting for the first one to begin and we can still keep moving Mm -hmm. forwards working at what he has put in front of us with all of our hearts knowing that our God sees everything we do and he is our biggest cheerleader don't discount what it is that you bring to the table don't think that because your platform is less visible or if your circle of influence doesn't include the likes of Boris Johnson that you are somehow not needed or unimportant God can do a lot with our little I love the story of when Jesus fed the 5,000 you know, Jesus has been teaching late into the afternoon and the disciples begin to worry about how the crowds of people that are gathered there are going to get their dinner. And they raise their concerns to Jesus and he tells them to go and feed them. The disciples are horrified and they say, with what? We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to feed all these people. And Jesus doesn't say, yes, of course, you're right. You have nothing to offer. Stand aside. Let me do a miracle here. No, he doesn't say that. He tells the disciples how much bread do you have? Go and find out. And when they return with the measly five loaves of bread and two fish, he uses what they have accumulated, what they have managed to scrabble together, which is by no means enough to do this humongous task set before them. And he sends them back out to feed 5,000 people with it. And they end up with 12 baskets of leftovers. You know, God wants us to take our place with the little that we have to offer and to do something miraculous with it through us, just as Jesus did that day with the five loaves and the two fish. He knows our limitations, our fears. He knows our skills and experiences and how they inevitably fall short. And he tells us to go in the strength we have, just like he said to Gideon. We all need to take our place for the puzzle to be complete, for the body of Christ, the church, to function well and effectively. And the world needs us to right now. This is indeed an unprecedented time, isn't it? We are in uncharted territory and we don't know how or when or if it will ever be normal again. But we know that God has a plan. That as it says in Romans 8, in all things he works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So I want to encourage you today to find out what your place is for this season. Pray about it. Ask God what unique place he has for you right now. Look at who your circle of influence is. Don't disqualify yourself because you think you're too inexperienced or too unskilled or too old, too young. Whatever is after your two in your head, just get rid of it. And then do whatever it is with 100% commitment. And as Carol Wimber said at the end of that prophetic word I heard in January, you won't be sorry.